0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 12th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's show, we're going to talk about two players who have spent a lot of time in the Amway Center gym. And might be making some gains that we hope to see and and certainly want to discuss their workouts after injury-riddled seasons. We'll talk a little bit about their progress and what we know so far, or at least what we think about so far as this summer continues. We'll also talk a little bit, we'll also hop around the Lockdown Podcast Network and hear about the Pistons' new head coach as the Detroit Pistons announced they've hired Dwayne Casey as their new coach. We'll hear from Lockdown Pistons a little bit more about that hire later on in the show. But, if you live in Orlando, and I'm sorry if, if this is a little too hyper-local for, for you, um, if you do live in Orlando, Tuesday is a very important day in, in the city of Orlando, or at least a, 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 an important day to mark um, for Orlando. Um, I, I know I talked about this last year. Uh, I probably won't write a whole post on it this year, as, as, as time does tend to heal some wounds and, and change some things. Uh, and, and, and especially in these times, it seems like anything on this matter comes out political. So I will warn you a little bit that this may turn political or may be perceived as political, even though I don't believe it is. Tuesday, of course, is the two-year anniversary of the Pulse attack, the Pulse, the Pulse shooting at the nightclub in Orlando, the, the gay nightclub at Orlando, which I think is always important to note. A lot has happened in Orlando over the course of those two years. A lot has happened, frankly, around the country in the course of those two years. And it can be easy to forget it, especially with the national bombardment of news that we've been getting, particularly when it comes to mass shootings. In this state alone, in Florida alone, there has been another mass shooting that has sweeped through the headlines and reignited debates over Americans' relationship with guns. Changes come to Florida in at least a small measure. Florida this year after the Parkland massacre on on Valentine's Day in South Florida passed a measure of gun control in a very Republican uh, legislature, I might add. But obviously, nothing's going to bring back the, the 49 of our frankly of our brothers and sisters, our fellow residents of Orlando, Orlando, our our guests to this city, that, that come to this city to enjoy what's so great about Orlando, about Florida. Yeah, to to come to Disney too, perhaps, but um it, it's all what we offer. We Orlando to me people come to Orlando for Disney and it, and it is and it is a place of joy. But Orlando as a city truly is a place of joy. And that day to me, always stands out as, as, as just a dark moment where, where someone came in from outside of our community and tried to take our joy away, tried, to, tried in, in, in some small way to take away what makes Orlando great. And, and as I think I said last year on this day, when I talked a little bit about the year since Pulse happened, he didn't take that away. He took it away for a moment perhaps, scared us a little bit, rattled our cages a little bit. But I, I truly believe this city's response to those tragic events revealed who what Orlando is as a city and as a community. We stood up with love and embrace and came to understand what makes our beautiful city so great. It is that we are accepting of our LGBTQ friends, and we want them to have places like Pulse, where if they're not ready to be public out in the open, they have a place where they can be themselves. And that's always what Pulse has been, ever since it opened in, I believe, the early 90s. And, and again, this, this shouldn't be political, but apparently it is in this country. People should be able to live their, their lives and live how they choose to live, how they were born to live. And Orlando has always, at least at least in my lifetime, at least when in my adult consciousness, and I, I, I recognize I've had a very limited time in that realm, Orlando has always been a place that's open to that, that's accepted those people and accepted everyone not just members of the LGBTQ community, not just people from Puerto Rico or people, or people of Hispanic heritage. Orlando showed its love. Honestly, I would even say there was a love for the city that I didn't even understand in myself until I mourned with my fellow citizens after Pulse happened. A lot has happened in two years. In that time, the gunman's wife was put on trial, and and I I didn't follow the trial as very very closely. It was a federal case. It felt very much like it was. Fortunately, or unfortunately, because I'm glad it did get out, but but it, I think it I think it put put her through unnecessary torment and her family through unnecessary torment, but a lot of information has come out about what happened that night about, about trying to get to the bottom of why it happened and you know she was proven not guilty of aiding and abetting her husband in 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 those terrible acts whether you believe whether you agree with that or not our our justice system rendered a verdict but we learned that yes he was targeting us, our community, because of the joy that we have for each other, because of how happy this place makes us. He originally was going to target Disney Springs, happiest place on earth. I mean, a place that it's, it's now called Disney Springs, back when it was the Disney marketplace, that's where my grandmother took me to play on the playground every uh, every time I went over there. you know down orlando uh, i I've, i i've never been inside pulse but i passed pulse countless times in my lifetime here It was a staple of orlando and he was frankly that that, that Craven man who is no longer with us and never got to face justice himself that that Craven man was out to ruin to 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 just take away what makes people happy. And so this, this, this two-year anniversary of the Pulse attacks, I think what is most important to learn and most important to remember is that whether you want to call him a terrorist or not, whether you want to call him a, a hate crime, a hate criminal or not, a sh- certainly he's a gunman, certainly he's a shooter, certainly he had issues that he had to work out, Because frankly, I don't understand how you make that decision to pick up a gun and shoot another human being, especially one indiscriminately, and if it was the case, which was never really borne out, to do so just because of who someone is. If there's one lesson that we should learn now, two years after Pulse, it is to never let someone take away what makes you happy. To never take away your joy and your to be around the people that give you happiness. Sometimes we need these reminders. Sometimes we do need to need to know that. Sometimes we sometimes we need to reflect on these lessons. And certainly this day we need to mourn. This day we need to remember the 49 that we lost in that nightclub. And the countless lives that were affected by it. That are still affected by it. And the people that are still looking for answers. And looking for closure. Orlando will mourn collectively on Tuesday. There there will be events throughout the city. I know the Magic are donating their community service time uh, throughout the day to to the One Pulse Foundation. Um, it, is an Orla- it, is, it, is, it is an Orlando Service Day, so they'll be out. A, the, the organization will be out and about. They're donating twenty five thousand dollars to the One Pulse Foundation as well, which continues to serve the families and survivors and victims of that tragic evening. But whether you live in Orlando or not, I would just ask you on this day, on this, on this, and this, this important day in in, or- in this city's history. This day that that we have to mark really for all eternity now, as a reminder of just how fragile life can be sometimes. I would ask you to just take a moment and think about what makes you truly happy, what gives you joy and to hold on to that moment and hold on to that idea. and embrace it just just for a moment. We all have lives. It, it things can be difficult. It's hard to just take a moment and be joyful. That gunman tried tried and, and 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 unfortunately in 49 cases succeeded in taking away someone's joy of being themselves, of just being out, of just being together with people, of the safety and security of the city of the feeling that comes with coming to Orlando and the people that live here if you take a moment to just think about the joy that the joy in your life whatever makes you happy and hold it tight you will have defeated him and and i think honored those 49 people that lost their lives that night
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Here on Locked On Magic, we do try to to provide a little bit of joy. Uh, I, I think we can all say that watching the Orlando Magic sometimes is not a very joyful experience. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, like I always say, uh, this is entertainment. This is this is basketball. This is something very very silly and 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 obsessing over a team like this uh it doesn't have a larger purpose and a larger point at the end of the day it's but 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 we enjoy it it's passion it's it's it it is joy and so maybe that moment of joy is what i'm about to talk about here and talk a little bit about the orlando magic and if i can provide that little bit of a distraction that's that's fantastic orlando city did did a great job of that in the aftermath of pulse the orlando predators who existed at the time also did a very very good job and I, i again I'm sure if the Magic were in season, they would have they would have done, they they've honored the the memory of of the victims of Pulse uh, well I well in many cases I think I know that the Magic do have a bit of an awkward relationship with the LGBTQ community um, for reasons that are not entirely within the organization's control. Um, I think that the Magic as an organization are very very welcoming. Um, they've had pride they've had Pride Nights at the Amway Center. Um, they have, the, I mean, I have a rainbow-colored magic logo on my refrigerator right now. Um, they, for all that that's worth, of course, I, I think I think some people could could view it as phony. Um, but obviously, the, the DeVos family has does not have the best relationship with the LGBTQ community, um, and certainly uh, that is well warranted and and, and understandable as well. Um, but if we could provide a little bit of joy, a little bit, again, a little bit of a distraction, a little bit of just something to make you happy. That's that's what I am here to do today. And so today I want to talk a little bit about um, two players on the Magic that, that had injuries uh, and didn't get the chance to really show what we could do uh, or what they could do this season. And yet they're probably the two guys that are in the gym the most right now, trying to get back. Get back healthy, obviously, but also get back and show what they can do next season and and, and and have big seasons in 2019. And their additions would undoubtedly change the Orlando Magic's dynamic. The first one is obviously Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac played only 27 games, sprained both his ankles at one point in the season, hurt his foot, and the Magic essentially just shut him down. They just they just didn't want him to get any more seriously injured or play on a seriously injured ankle. Um they, they played him for how long, however long they could play him. Um, they knew he, he needed a lot of work that he had a long long way to go. Um, but it' never really took the next step that they needed or, or never really got to um, never really, I mean he never really had a full rookie season, he just never got into rhythm. His offense was was still very very raw. His defense was uh, was otherworldly, especially for a rookie uh, and, and it just never came together. And the one consensus about Jonathan Isaac that everyone had entering the season was that he had to put on weight, that he had to put on muscle, that he had to get in the weight room and become more durable, frankly, become stronger to survive the course of an NBA season. And if you didn't see it already, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel got an inside look at Jonathan Isaac's workout routine. And in fact, uh, the Orlando Sentinel's video staff also Got to tape and watch Jonathan Isaac workout, and Isaac's posted on the Magic. Posted some workout video with Isaac. Um, Isaac's posted posted some stuff as well. You can tell that he's been in the gym. He looks much more defined. He looks much stronger than he did before. And I think everyone is very very excited to see him play at Summer League in July. July July sixth, I believe, is the first day of Summer League. And when he arrives at Summer League, we're going to get a really good idea of exactly where Jonathan Isaac is. Exactly what kind of player he can be. There's been a lot of excitement about him, to be honest. Even even after his disappointing rookie season. Again, disappointing because of injuries, not because of his play. He was a fantastic defender. A versatile defender. The perfect defender for this modern NBA. It seemed like he fits exactly what the league wants and where the league is trending right now. And that's obviously a good thing. That's obviously a good place to start. Even that second straight, second run of games that he had when he was getting consistent playing time, his offense was beginning to come around. Wasn't quite there yet. It wasn't consistent. His shot is still very much a work in progress. But it was starting to get there. He was starting to to build that confidence. And just again... Never had the time to con- can get that confidence consistently. I suspect that we will know exactly what Jonathan Isaac can contribute when the Magic play in Vegas in July. The other guy that I think that, that, that I think Magic fans should get really excited for is Terrence Ross. If you follow Terrence Ross on Instagram and on, on his other social media channels, you know two things: one. He is amazed by Florida wildlife and the amount of frogs that like to latch onto his onto his house. Welcome to Florida, Terrence. That's what happens in the rain. The frogs come to the house. You know, wait till the hurricanes. They 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 hang they hang on for dear life on your windows. But other than that, you see him in the gym constantly. The guy, I could probably go on Instagram right now. He's probably on his. Actually, I think he's in Hollywood right now. But um, but out out in L.A. But um. I could go on you could go to, to his old Instagram stories or his old in, old Instagram photos he is in the gym constantly. In fact, a few days ago he dropped a video of him smoothly doing a 360. Just out of just kind of casually dropping a 360 duck. That suggests that the knee injury that kept him out for most of last season is almost completely healed. Is probably already completely healed and of course, he made it back for the final 3 games of the season last year after missing Time from late November, from around Thanksgiving. Terrence Ross, if you remember, was was a very important player for the Magic. Now, he wasn't a he didn't play fan he didn't shoot the ball fantastic, which again, the threat of his shot seemed more important than his actual shooting ability, but he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But his defense was really good. And again, this is such a key thing. His defensive versatility, his defensive awareness off the ball were so good. It kept the Magic tight defensively. Isaac did a lot of the same things with his length. Ross did it with his smarts. And so while he had a really slow start shooting the ball, he started to come around. And missing him throughout the year, it didn't tip the season over. Neither did missing Isaac. It didn't tip the season over by any means. But losing Ross when the Magic lost Ross probably was was a big turning point for the Magic going the other way to to, to the bottom of the standings rather than staying in the playoff race. Ross is the kind of utility player that a lot of teams need. Just willing to do whatever his team needs him to do. And sure, at the end of the season last year, I think he was chucking a little bit. I think he was trying to get his legs under him and get, get his shots up. And that was fine in those situations. No one was complaining that he was doing it. But Ross is such a key player, and he put in a lot of work last year, and it showed even if the shots weren't falling. And Orlando's hoping the same thing happens this year, that that he'll come back ready to play at a high level, and those shots will fall. Because that helps the Magic immeasurably. These are two players that the Magic missed dearly last year. Like I said, they probably didn't tip the Magic over the top for the playoffs or anything, Isaac went down at eight and four. It was a big turning point in the season. Magic were slipping a little bit. They were on that seven-game losing streak. They were uh, eight and eleven at the time when Ross got hurt. They they won that game against Oklahoma City to go to nine and eleven. Um, he didn't tip the scale. They wouldn't have tipped the scales toward the playoffs, but they certainly tipped the scales back to the lottery, to the, to the low end of the, to the high end of the lottery. And missing them was critical to the Ma- to the Magic's ultimate failure last year. And so to see both Ross and Isaac back in the gym playing at a high level is very very encouraging. Or at least back healthy and working out in the gym is very very encouraging. Of course, the proof will be in the pudding and won't come until August. And really not even August till October when the when the regular season begins.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Before we wrap up today's show, I want to take you a little around the Locked On Podcast Network a little bit. The Detroit Pistons made their hire, hiring Dwayne Casey, a coach that the Magic were interested in at one point, supposedly, um, or allegedly, or fan, fan wishingly. Um, but uh, let's hear what Locked On Pistons has to say about their new coach, as both the Magic and Pistons now competing to get back into the playoff hunt. Let's hear what Locked on Pistons has to say.
3: Well, they finally did it. This is Matt Shook from Locked on Pistons, where Detroit now has a new head basketball coach hiring Dwayne Casey on Monday and signing him to a five-year deal. The former Toronto Raptors leader, a finalist for this season's NBA Coach of the Year, will make just over $35 million over the course of the deal. The Pistons were also looking at Imei Udoka, the Spurs assistant, and Michigan coach John Beeline until the latter pulled out of consideration late last week. The Pistons were criticized for taking nearly a month after the season to fire former coach and president of basketball operations Stan Van Gundy. Similarly, this hire was made 34 days after Stan Van Gundy's departure and just 10 days before next week's NBA draft. Also complicating matters is that the Pistons don't have a general manager or most of the front office in place yet, with veteran Ed Stefanski running the show as a powerful advisor to owner Tom Gores. Stefanski was working with former Toronto executive Brian Colangelo when Casey was hired by the Raptors in 2011. Casey had a nice run in the North, taking the team to five straight playoff appearances and winning 59 games and the East top seed this past season. However, three straight playoff exits against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers ended Casey's run in the six, a move to shake things up without tinkering with the core of a talented guard-led roster. In Detroit, he'll have the challenge of a unique roster led by high-priced frontcourt players in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Casey could also be without his right-hand man, as Toronto offensive assistant Nick Nurse, credited with revamping the attack this past season, is the main candidate to replace him in the big seat in Toronto, according to Lockdown Raptors host Sean Woodley on our Monday show. In Detroit, there's limited roster flexibility and the baggage of a decade of futility since the end of the going-to-work glory days. It's a tough crowd around Detroit these days, as most of the team's former fan base sees a rebuild as the best path forward. Gores seems uninterested in that again, with $35 million to a veteran coach becoming the latest evidence that the owner is full speed ahead. Casey was the best option out there, especially considering a wild search that included Kenny Smith and Jason Kidd, rumored candidates who were received in Detroit about as good as a foreign car. As a singular move, it's a good one hiring Casey, although the Pistons had to pay a tax of sorts in the form of an extra year in the deal to get their guy because of the malaise around the franchise. Similarly, it was the only way to get Stan Van Gundy four years ago, giving him the front office control back when that was a common move around the league. How you feel about the Blake Griffin trade in January probably colors how you feel about this move, but from where I sit, this team is in better position for success than they were in January. The Pistons will now be burdened with not only living to the promise of getting back to the playoffs, but proving to critics that they can advance past the perceived ceiling of also-rans, a challenge Casey couldn't push through before. But, for better or worse, he'll have a few years to get it done in Detroit. This is Matt Shook from Locked on Pistons.
2: Good analysis there from Matt. Um, This is obviously Dwayne Casey, probably the best coach on the market with his pedigree from the Toronto Raptors, and then really his pedigree even from the Dallas Mavericks where he was the assistant coach credited with building the defense that won them a championship, um, it, it's interesting to it's interesting to see how this fit looks. I agree with Matt there that it seems like Detroit is in win now mode. Whether that means just capping out at the six seed or not, it seems like Detroit just wants to make the playoffs and be competitive. That's why they have got Blake Griffin, and frankly, they're kind of stuck with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond at the moment. They're probably going to try and find a way. Try, probably going to try and trade Reggie Jackson. I, I could see the Spider-Man meme coming up already if they were to trade him for Dennis Schroder. Uh, but it, it, it's definitely a uh, it, it's definitely a difficult situation with Detroit. They've, they've kinda, they they've kind of their their ceiling isn't particularly high. It seems um, they they need some work to figure things out with that that big big man duo that they have in Detroit, and, and of course. Uh, still, a lot of a lot of things to, to move through and a lot of things to figure out as well with the Pistons. But Dwayne Casey's a good coach. He'll instill some defensive discipline, I think. Um, the offense will be okay. Their offense was generally okay. I think last year, um, after the even after the trade, their defense was the bigger was the bigger problem. And so maybe that solves some of it. They've clearly got some talent and they've clearly got some direction now. Of course, the problem is they're still looking for a GM. The only open head coaching job remains the Toronto Raptors, and and a lot of people have. Figured the Magic might go after Dwayne Casey. Figured they might go after Nick Nurse. It's looking like Toronto uh, could hire Nick Nurse as their next head coach. Just kind of keep things in-house. Ator Messina, also an option there. Um, But once that's done, then the assistant coach free-for-all really begins. Um, The Magic are still putting together their assistant coaching staff. They have not announced anything. It looks like Steve Clifford's going to go back to a lot of guys from his Charlotte days. So a lot of his Charlotte staff is coming over, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, we'll we'll break those down once the announcement is official, but I do know that some of that at least a few of the assistant coaches that that, that have been rumored have been in the Amway Center and, and probably are already on the job. They're probably waiting to finish out the, the staff before announcing them all at once. We'll break we'll bring that to you when it happens. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Sorry for being so sullen early on. It is it is an important day in Orlando uh, on the Orlando calendar, um, and and one that we do want to take a moment to to pause and and reflect on uh, uh, as we move further away in time uh, from those tragic events. Um, be sure to check out uh, if you live in Orlando to to check out some of the events uh, for 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 the remembrance of Pulse. I know I'm pretty sure there'll be one at the Pulse site um, uh, where there's a currently a temporary memorial. Uh, another interesting tidbit that you may want to know if you live in the Orlando area. Um, the Orange County Regional History Museum has a pulse exhibit right now, and it is free to get in and see it. It is free admission to the Orange County Regional H- History Center until I believe Saturday. So uh, definitely check that out if you have the opportunity. I have an off day coming up. I've actually never been inside. I've never been to the Orange County Regional History Center. I um, actually had a really good exhibit I wanted to go to that just never got around to seeing. Um, I may go check that out. Um, it should be very very powerful, as I think uh, as I think it's really really um, again, the, the response uh, to, to, to that tragic event in this city was really awe-inspiring and really made me proud uh, to be a lifelong resident of this great city, this city beautiful Orlando. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore OMD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. That's going to do it for, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Our draft profile series continues. We took a look at Shai Gilgis-Alexander yesterday. We'll take a look at another prospect coming up in the next few days as well. Again, that'll do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast